Welcome back to our Fox Sports 2022 USFL Coaches Series. And today, we to talk with USFL Tampa Bay Bandits coach, Todd Haley. In our conversation, we talk about his time as head coach at Kansas City, being the offensive coordinator on a team that made an appearance in the Super Bowl at Arizona, what it was like for him to be offensive coordinator at the Pittsburgh Steelers, the team of his childhood, and why did he choose to join the USFL? All right, let's go talk to Coach Haley. Welcome back to our USFL Fox Sports 2022 Coaches Series, and I'm pleased to be joined by Tampa Bay Bandits head coach, Todd Haley. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, excited to be on here talking about what we're doing. And I'm excited to talk with you, Coach. I, I want to start with a question that I have given all of the coaches so far, but let me set this up just a little bit. You've been a head coach in the NFL. You worked for Bill Parcells and Mike Tomlin. You were an offense coordinator at Arizona for their last trip to the Super Bowl. You've coached Keyshawn Johnson, Jamal Charles, Larry Fitzgerald, Kurt Warner, and you most recently made a stop at Riverview High School. I got to ask, why did you want this opportunity to coach the Tampa Bay Bandits in the USFL? Well, I love the high school experience. I worked with great guys, great kids, totally different than my uh, 20 plus years in the NFL. Um, a, a totally different level of football. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, I mean, worked with some great guys, had success, love the kids. You got, you got to make an impact on, on younger people, younger men. Uh, but I missed that adrenaline juice of professional football. Um, you know, I was out for two and a half, three years, uh, high school and, and doing some serious radio on the NFL channel. So, you know, when, when Daryl Johnson called me, it was an exciting opportunity. Now that I'm here going through meetings, uh, I got a great coaching staff. Uh, I made sure to make sure I uh, made sure to uh, include a lot of guys that mean a lot to me. Um, uh, my general manager director is Joey Klinkscales. My dad drafted him with the Steelers in the 80s. Uh, my secondary coach is Carnell Lake. My dad drafted him with the Steelers in the 80s. We worked together for six years when I was in Pittsburgh. Pepper Johnson, my defensive coordinator, uh, I coached him with the Jets. I was on offense, but he was playing linebacker for the Jets and Bill Parcells. Uh, Pat Perlis and I were ball boys together with the Steelers being driven, be driven to the team meal and then the Three River Stadium by Tom Moore uh, for four or five, six years. Uh, lived across the street from me. His dad was George Perlis, who was on the coaching staff. So uh, Bob Saunders and I were together. He's my coordinator, offense coordinator. We were together with the Browns. Uh, he and Frank Gans Jr. shared an office in Arrowhead with the Chiefs. Uh, there's great connections. Um, and really my point being, I've been in a couple meetings here. We're, we're just getting started. Uh, this doesn't necessarily translate to wins, but I had a meeting yesterday that gave me goosebumps the entire time we were in there coaching these guys. These guys are hungry. Uh, they understand they want to achieve their hopes and dreams. Um, it is a great group of guys, great personality. And uh, really I had probably in all my, time in football the best meeting yesterday that I've ever had coach that brings me such joy number one that you had those goosebumps the number two I looked at your staff when it was announced and I said holy crap man like I'm young enough and old enough to remember Carnell Lake winning AFC defensive player of the year 
I am young enough and old enough to remember Pepper Johnson playing on that same side of the football as Lawrence Taylor and what he's been able to do with Coach Belichick in New England. I got to say, I was really impressed with your staff. And you mentioned how you grew up and where you grew up. But I want to come back to Riverview for just a second here and ask, what did you learn, if anything, about coaching high school football as opposed to coaching professional football? Well, I've been known as kind of a, a hothead, hardliner, old school coach, you know, and that's the way I was raised growing up watching Chuck Knoll coach those Steeler teams, coach Carnell, coach Joey Clinkscales, uh, my father, and then eight years with Bill Parcells, you, uh, you learn how to be kind of an old school coach. Uh, in high school, when I'm the one saying these coaches are crazy, they're yelling, they're screaming. And when, when I become the players, the players coach, then, you know, you've made some, you've had some growth. Uh, when I'm the one patting them on the butt saying, it's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> you know, you had growth. So uh, I think more than anything, just balance. But every stop I've had, I mean, I think, you know, I always think of Sean Payne. Um, you know, he's with John Gruden for a long time. Then he was with Bill Parcells. And when I watched Sean coach, and we were together in Dallas, uh, I always said to everybody, anybody that listened, you know, Sean took the good things from the great coaches he was with. Um, you know, I've been blessed, you know, to be trained by Bill Parcells, Dan Henning, Romeo Cornell, all those guys, Dick Duran, Mike Tomlin, you know, in a different day and age. Uh, he's a phenomenal head coach. Uh, this is a different day and age with the Internet and phones and everything. I mean, it's different than when I started. So, you know, I think the, the key to being a good coach, uh, number one, put your players in the best position to succeed. And if they believe you're doing that, you, you got them. You got them. But number two, in this day and age, uh, you know, you have to handle them different. So, uh, you know, dealing with high school kids, parents, I've never had to deal with parents before. Um, Twitter, social media, all the different things. I mean, it was it was a great uh, experience and, and one that I'll cherish. I'm excited to hear you say that, coach. Like, I don't normally get to hear that from a person who has accomplished so much in their professional life. And then Knowing how I personally feel about high school football and high school football players, that warms my heart. Uh, I do want to go and talk a little bit about you and your high school football. But let's start with this. Uh, your father, Dick Haley, spent 43 years in the NFL with just south of 20 of those working as director of player personnel with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, more than, I mean, we're talking about guys he drafted being alongside Franco Harris, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, Mike Webster, goodness me, John Stallworth, Lynn Swan. What did you learn from uh, him about go, – go ahead. Go ahead. No. Oh, I was I, – yeah, I, Hey, I, I am a blessed person. Uh, first and foremost, my father, uh, who's struggling with dementia now, um, he remembers the old things. Mm. So I can bring up old Steeler moments, memories, people, and, and he's good. But um, – you know, I got to work with him with the Jets uh, for six years as an intern, scout, uh, area scout, pro scout. Um, you know, that, that those are times, again, that I'll uh, I, you can never take away from me. Um, the more I went into football after that and, and got around different people, I realized just how good he was. Um, now, he didn't solely draft 13 Hall of Famers. There was a lot of people involved in that, but uh, – He's a phenomenal talent evaluator. Um, 
you know, Bill Parcells has said many times, you know, this is the best general manager I've ever worked with because he worries about the coaches. Hey, what kind of players do you want? Um, you see the push and pull a lot in this in the NFL. Um, you know, that's why Joey Klinkscales is part of our team here, because uh, somebody that I worked alongside of as a scout out on the road, going to college workouts, going to visits, doing all those things. So, um, you know, he, what what he said that probably most impacted me is when I became a head coach, he said uh, in an interview that, talk, you know, a lot of people throw the word great around. Um, but Todd was working side by side with true greatness. Mel Blunt, Franco, you know, you named them all. I mean, Terry Bradshaw, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, Larry Brown, Donnie Shell. Um, you know, and, and I appreciated that very much because you go in in a, in a scouting meeting and guys say he's great. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. Uh, I've seen greatness. You know, he's good. He's really good. But I don't know if we can just throw great around uh, too much. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that because I've, I've heard that criticism more now in the last six months than I had before of how we use this term great. But I kind of want to investigate this just a little bit in as far as talent evaluation, because you'll know better than most folks that fans, including myself, we have our own thoughts and opinions about who can play and who cannot can you give us an insight into what it is that you are looking for, not just from a, a physical standpoint, but from a, an intellectual standpoint? What are the traits that make a guy a professional football player? Well, I think, you know, what Joey and I did when we went through this process, because uh, we weren't in a, in a position where you have all the, the film at your fingertips. Uh, you know, the number one thing we were worried about was getting good characters. Okay, mm -hmm. that's number one. Um, if you have a bad character on your team, even if he's a great player, um, you know, you, you, it's going to be a problem in some ways or another. But, uh, you know, high character, uh, guys that care. Um, you know, I, I was saying this also. I'm, and we get on the bus to come back from practice. Every player that walked up those steps, I'm sitting in the front seat. Every player got on and said, Coach, blessed, grateful to be here. Um, you know, you want guys that care about football that, you know, yes, is there money to be made? Is there giant contracts thrown around? But um, generally the people getting those, they really care about football. They love football. And then it comes down to ability. Um, you know, the interesting thing about this is, you know, I'm out on the field and, um, you know, been in the NFL for a very long time. And it, and it, what struck me is just how hard it is to make it in the NFL, because I'm looking at guys on this field that I, I would say, I would take him, 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 him on whatever team I've been on and let him compete and they should have a shot. So there's guys that are so hungry and really are on the, on the line of, of being good enough. Uh, a lot of guys on our team right now, Bandit, I believe should have a shot to, to play in the NFL. Now they love being here, but uh, I think the big thing is just how hard it is to make it in the NFL. I mean, these are the best of the best. Uh, there's only so many spots. And now this is my first time experiencing an, uh, a different league like I am right now, but I'm recognizing there's a lot of really good football players out there that are probably sitting at home not getting an opportunity. I, too, was amazed to look at this draft pool and see who 
was in it and who hasn't had the opportunity that they want just yet to play in an NFL football game. And this, this league is filled with talent uh, as it is with its coaching staff. Again, referencing yours, I, I looked at it and was just in awe of it. But you grew up as a ball boy, as you said, with the Steelers. After 16 years in the NFL, what was it like for you to get a phone call from Mike Tomlin going, hey, I want you to be the offense coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, dream come true. Um, you know, I actually, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, I bled black and yellow. I mean, when the Steelers, there was not a lot of money involved in it back then, but when the Steelers won a Super Bowl, we had a little better Christmas. Um, uh, <laughs> just, you know, and, but like I said, it, it was not about money um, back then. It wasn't about money when I uh, started my journey as, a, as an NFL coach. I mean, Bill Belichick was on our Jets staff. I think he was the highest paid uh, assistant, and he was making $150,000 or something like that. Uh, things have changed a lot. Uh, the money's a lot bigger. Uh, that creates, that's great for everybody, but it also can create some problems. Um, you know, to get, I, I, Bill Cowher offered me a job back in 2004. Uh, I went with loyalty to Bill Parcells, who went to Dallas and offered me a job. So I missed that opportunity. I thought maybe it would never come back. Uh, I got fired at the Chiefs. Uh, uh, spent a little time with Mike T in, uh, in Mobile, Alabama, that was supposed to be a little quick cursory interview that turned into about a four hour visit in his hotel room. Um, we hit it off immediately. You know, when he, when I, when I got offered that job, that was a very big deal for me. Um, funny part of it is, you know, I grew up in the South Hills. Now everybody lives in the North Hills, uh, because of the tunnels, Nobody wants to go through the tunnels versus, you know, during the traffic time. So my wife, who's phenomenal football wife, you know, when you change jobs, they're on the Internet, finding schools, houses, all that. Uh, and she kept talking about the North Hills. And I'm like, no, Chrissy, we're we're going to be in the South Hills. So we moved moved back to our neighborhood. My kids went to my schools. I got five kids, grade schools middle schools, high schools. So it really special going to watch my kids compete at fields that I played on and different sports. Uh, just so grateful for that time. I mean, the Rooney's phenomenal family um, to be back in Pittsburgh for six years. We did, we did not climb to the top of the mountain. We were very close. We did a lot of great things, but uh, uh, to walk in there and see my dad's team picture on the wall every single morning, uh, there's no way to express and there wasn't one day that I walked in that I did because they got all the team photos on, on one wall as you walk in every year going way back to when they started. There wasn't a day I didn't look at, at his team pictures when he was there. Right on. Now, that's that's awesome. I mean, for me, that's that's what life is about is being able to go home and feel as if you've accomplished something, but also that you are giving something back to the place that helped raise you and helped bring you up. One of the coaches in this league you actually worked with on staff and that'd be Pittsburgh Maulers coach Kirby Wilson. And when I talked to coach Wilson, he gave me this quote about you said, Todd is one of the more creative coaches I've ever been around. And I've told a lot of people in our profession that one thing I've always admired about Todd is that he's not afraid. He's not afraid. He's not conservative in play calling. And Todd is not afraid to take a chance on an opportunity on something that he believes in. My question to you is, do you think of yourself as being fearless in play calling? I don't know. You hold, you hold your backside a bunch. 
uh, when you're calling plays, <laughs> depending <laughs> on what, what the play is, because, you know, the plays really, and I just told the players this, um, everybody's calling generally the same plays. It's about the players executing, doing their job, doing it at a high level. Uh, now, there are situations where you're a little more aggressive. I love working with Kirby, um, and it's very nice of him to say that about me. Uh, Mike Tomlin always had a saying, you can't live in your fears. Um, now, that's rare coming from a defensive coach. I've mm -hmm. worked for defensive coaches that are very conservative. Mike T is not that. Um, there are times where I had to pull back on him, where he's like, let's go for it or take the shot, whatever it is. And I said, when I'm being the conservative one, um, that's pretty impressive, especially with a defensive coach. But he, he'd come to my office and say, Todd, we're, we're not living on our fears today. We're going we're gonna to go after him. And, uh, you know, me being a, an aggressive type personality. Uh, uh, but I'm not saying when I call play, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> while it's being executed uh you know it's easy to call the play it's it's hard to have the success and uh, and again that goes back to your trust in your players and 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 really believing that they're going to execute whatever play you call you had some success uh at kansas city even as we talk about what they've been able to achieve the last five years you really put them on a track to be able to do what they're doing later you and michigan panthers coach jeff fisher had some battles as head coaches in the AFC too. What do you remember of playing against those Tennessee Titans and perhaps something about, I don't know, completing the best turnaround in franchise history with a win to against the Titans to clinch the AFC West division. First one in seven years, Kansas city. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. I mean, they hadn't won a lot of games. So turning a, turning an organization around is, is a very difficult job. Um, you know, I've been, again, blessed, uh, you know, Bill Parcells. I've, I'm a scout with the Jets when we won one game uh, with Rich Kotite. Uh, I saw Bill Parcells and his group come in, and then I got was fortunate enough to be hired as a quality control. But I saw the pain and suffering it takes to turn around a losing group. Uh, I went to Chicago. I think they had won four games. We won 13 in 2001. Um, Dallas. It was a turnaround operation where a fumbled snap from Tony Romo on a field goal uh, that probably would have given us a great chance to play in the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, Arizona, a team that had never, you know, been in the playoffs one time, we take take them take it to the precipice of, you know, winning a Super Bowl. We're winning the game with uh, a minute whatever was left, minute twenty five, whatever the number, minute fifty four. Um, so I've been part of those turnarounds. Uh, Kansas City, I'm very proud of everything that uh, I was able to accomplish there. Uh, we led the league in rushing after leading the league in passing in Arizona, or being right up there, one, two, or three, uh, having 3,000 yard receivers and Anquan Bolden, Larry Fitzgerald, and Steve Breston. Uh, so I think, you know, the things I'm most proud of are you got to, and what have, has been instilled in me by the great coaches I've been around and my father is, you know, the players aren't going to change. You got to put them in the best position to succeed and do what they do best. So to lead the league in rushing one year with Jamal Charles, Thomas Jones, Dexter McCluster, lead the league in passing with great receivers and a quarterback. Um, I think that's what coaching is about. Uh, Jeff Fisher. Yeah. I, I saw him at St. Louis a bunch of years too. We played the 
preseason every single year against St. Louis. So I've known Jeff a long time. I'm really excited to, to be able to spend time with him in this setting because we are all in the same hotel and, and bumping elbows all the time, whether it's an elevator, a meeting, lunch, dinner, breakfast, ping pong, whatever it is. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm very proud of my Kansas City time. Uh, when you're part of, you know, part of turning an organization in the right direction, it's very, very fulfilling. Um, and yeah, I mean, now you got Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid obviously is awesome. Uh, we did it with uh, some got people that a lot of people didn't talk about a bunch. Uh, Matt Castle, quarterback, um, you win 10 games, win the division. I mean, and really had a chance to beat the Ravens in the playoffs. We blew it, but uh, very proud of that time. Question I had about another quarterback that actually spends time in Kansas City is the one that you took number one for the Tampa Bay Bandits. What did you like about Jordan Tamu, and what has he shown you so far in training camp? Well, I mean, a very productive college quarterback at Ole Miss. Um, big, smart, uh, great kid, great parents. Uh, both his parents are pastors now from Hawaii. Uh, he's a very interesting guy. Uh, not the most vocal, uh, but, uh, you know, has the arm, has the ability. He's one of those guys that you'd say, why is he not in, a, in an NFL team at least competing for a, for a spot on the roster? Um, so really excited to have him. Uh, how it all played out is awesome. Uh, when you get the guy that most every other team wants, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, coach, I have three questions for you I give to all of the coaches, so we're not singling you out. Please do the best you can. We'll see what you come up with. The first one is, who is the best offensive player in the, in the league or could be the best offensive player in the league, not on the Tampa Bay Bandits? Uh, that's too tough of a question. I'm just still learning my guys' names. <laughs> so if I give you the defensive player, you probably say the same thing. The same thing. Okay. I mean, right. I am worried about us, worried about our guys. This is this is so new to me. Uh, I've never been a part of one of these leagues. Um, it is ground up. I mean, it is from ground zero building up. Uh, the draft was a phenomenal experience, but uh, one that when we finished, we're, you know, not like we're high-fiving. I mean, we were happy. We drafted big schools, guys that have been in, in legit situations, uh, good guys. Uh, but uh, it's not like we said, oh, we had the best draft. We liked our quarterback. Uh, we were, you know, it was great to hear guys on the phone when you made that uh, pre-draft phone call right before you picked them and guys crying. There was emotion, passion. You know, those are all good things. But uh, I'm worried about me and the Tampa Bay Bandits right now. Well, Coach, I just want to let you know uh, that I have been healthy. My weight's good. My <laughs> knees are in shape. I've been staying at the gym. I've been lifting down the street here at, at the Lifetime. I'm in good shape, ready to go. All right. Sign the USFL contract. We'll put you in the pool. <laughs> thank you. That is USFL Tampa Bay Bandits coach Todd Haley. Coach, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. Thank you.